You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 243. And today, we're going to talk about the power of saying no. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. What if you knew that saying no was the gateway to more happiness, more fulfillment, more success? and certainly a lot less overwhelm. It's your host, Melanie Benson here, authority amplifier to expert-based business owners just like you. And today I have a really powerful conversation I can't wait to share with you. Sometimes I just get so excited about the conversations I have with friends and colleagues, and I get even more excited and more inspired when I know I get to share those conversations with you, especially when I know they can literally be a huge game changer. So if you struggle with FOMO, you uh, chase a lot of bright, shiny objects, or you feel guilty when you say no to someone who you really want to help, or you really want to be able to make a difference, but you know you can't, you don't have the bandwidth that produces some guilt, you've got to listen to today's episode. And one of the things that I just, it's been a great transformation in my own life and my own business as a pillar of being a highly paid authority is knowing how to say no gracefully, how to say no to the things that are a distraction or aren't going to light my fire. They're going to take me out of my superpower. It takes a lot of discipline, but it's part of the path to becoming a highly paid authority in your industry and in your business. I have laid out eight steps eight pillars that have to be in place if you want to be a highly paid authority, which means you're commanding top dollar as a sought after expert in your business. And it's a very coveted place to be. And even if you're just getting started, or you feel like you're a best kept secret, you're going to get major value of learning how to put these pillars literally activate these pillars in your own business. And I'd like to gift it to you. If you head over to authorityamplifiers.com. I will link that up in the show notes, authorityamplifiers.com. I will give you my blueprint to becoming a highly paid authority, as well as a training that could revolutionize how you do business and how you choose what gets your yes and what gets you no when it comes to business and what you produce for business and money-making activities. So head over to authorityamplifiers.com, download it today, watch the training, and listen to today's expert. All right, let's dig into it. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today we're talking about, are you saying no enough? This is going to be a very intriguing conversation, especially if you find you run out of time for the things that really matter. Let me introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Becky Morrison. She's a mom, she's a wife, and she's a lawyer who turned to being a happiness coach. Her mission is to spread joy. She believes most people can live happier, easier lives if they get clear on what matters most to them 
and then develop a plan to do more of that and less of everything else. If she can help enable people to find clarity and happiness, then everyone wins. People and processes are at the heart of her work that she's done for the last 20 years in corporations, law firms, and small businesses. And now she's taking all that experience coupled with her own journey to help people supercharge their success and happiness by finding clarity. Now, Becky has recently published The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide to living what matters. And fun fact, Becky comes from a basketball family. Her husband is a basketball coach and both her kids play as well. Well, that's fun. What a great little uh, uh, personal tidbit there, Becky. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we literally, when I say we're a basketball family, I mean, basketball family, hours and hours and hours of basketball, especially now that we can play a team sport again. Right. I know. We just watched the cute, you probably wouldn't know about this, but there's a college that has a bulldog as their mascot, their basketball uh, team's mascot. Uh, And it was so cute. Like the whole family was a basketball family and then the dog became the basketball mascot. And it was just so uh, sweet to see a family so committed to something together. So, okay. I'm just going to make up in my story. You have your own dog mascot then. (laughs) I mean, we have two golden retrievers, so why not? They can be our mascots. There you go. I love it. (laughs) Well, you know, dogs are uh, one of the things that people say brings them more happiness. So that's a great segue into talking about how to get to happiness by saying no more often. I'm curious, I'm sh- I am I just have this uh, story I'm making up in my head that there's a backstory to how you got to saying no as a recipe for finding more happiness. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, there is a backstory. It's not any one moment, but it is the story of a person like many of us, you know, the person that I was, who thought the way to have more was to do more. And especially when I initially was a practicing attorney and then became a mother, I thought, oh, okay, I'll just be able to do it all. And that way I can have it all without really understanding that actually the quickest path to happiness is cutting out the things that aren't Um, really serving our happiness that don't matter as much to us that are draining our energy, wherever you can saying no to those things to make more space for what matters to you so that the secret to happiness really for me became about getting very, very clear on what mattered to me and being diligent about preserving my time, energy and resources as much as possible for that, which meant saying no a lot more than I had been trained to or had been accustomed to. Yeah, I think so many of us, we are conditioned to believe that we have to take care of other people more than we have to take care of ourselves. Yes. And, and I'm, I know personally, and it sounds like you do too, that that's not the recipe for happiness. That's a <laughs> recipe for burnout and overwhelm and exhaustion and all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. And look, I mean, when, as, when all of this sort of came to a head for me, which was about four years into being a practicing litigator, and I had a two-year-old at the time and a husband with a busy career, you know, I had a two-year-old. So there was absolutely a fair amount of energy and caretaking that needed to be spent on her. Well, fast forward, here we are sitting 15 years later, she's 17 and I now have 
13 year old and the amount of energy that they need for me to actually truly take care of them is much different. And what, what I um, look for instead is opportunities for meaningful connection. And so it does shift over the seasons of your life, um, kind of how you need to show up and what, what really matters and what's important. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's a season and what's the most important right now may not be the most important six months from now and, and on and on. And so there's got to be some adaptation. So I guess that begs the question, like, how do you know what to say no to right now? So, I mean, look, it starts with knowing, number one, what season are you in? Number two, what's most important to you in this season? What matters most to you? And that's how you align um, where your no needs to go, right? And so I would just say that the first thing is really getting clear um, on where your focus is or where you want your focus to be. And then being able to measure your yeses and your nos against that. Okay. I get to dig into this one a little bit because Please. you and I both know um, that that makes perfect sense, right? Logically, yep. but there's this, uh, and I, and by the way, I'm asking this question on behalf of all of the FOMO seekers, all of the bright, <laughs> shiny object yep. uh, people who fall into this trap, all of the people who, uh, their, their logic mind says, no, no, don't do it. But they do it anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> the people, yes. users and all that. On behalf of all of those people and me as a recovering one of all of those things, um, how what is that thing or that factor or that piece of clarity that's missing? If somebody keeps falling into the traps of saying yes to things they very well know are not the right place to be, and it's causing them to feel burned out and exhausted, but they can't they can't say no. What's really going on there, do you think? Well, I think actually, I mean, so you described a, to me a whole bunch of different kinds of people in and put them in one category of people who are struggling to say no, which is accurate. They are all struggling to say no, but they're struggling to say no for different reasons, right? Um, when you have the, the sort of like FOMO-driven person, that's different than, say, the um, people pleaser, Right. And so I think the first step is actually understanding what's underneath your struggle to say no. Like, let's name the feeling that's below that. Is it a fear of missing out? Is it a fear of not pleasing people? What is the thing that's underneath that? Let's start by taking a close look at that. And then trying to understand, does that feeling actually belong to you? And let me explain. So like when I think about people pleasing in particular, right? Often there's so much in that fear that is A, not fact, it's just a story, and B, a message that we've received from someone else or from our past about how we're supposed to behave, but that doesn't properly belong to you, right? And so I think it's about really untangling those beliefs and understanding what it is that you're truly saying when you say, I can't say no here because I'm afraid of offending somebody, or I'm afraid that I'll miss this opportunity or whatever the fear really is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's really un uncovering the deeper conditioning or beliefs or fears or whatever it is that's driving that. And and then you got to create a new habit because obviously yes. that's that's a big part of the shift. So, you know, I guess another thing that I didn't mention, and I think this comes up too, is there are people who um, are feeling guilty or 
they maybe feel stuck. Well, we talked about stuck, but like maybe they're feeling guilty about saying no. What is your advice to somebody who that's maybe their response to putting up a boundary and, you know, trying to, to put things on the other side of the fence and get away from them? Yeah. I mean, guilt is a funny thing, right? Because guilt, guilt has a very important and appropriate role in our lives. Guilt is there to tell us when we've crossed a moral boundary, right? So if I walk into a store and I decide that I'm going to steal a pack of gum and I feel guilty about it, well, I, I should, right? Because I've done something that isn't in line with my value system. But guilt is sneaky in the sense that we often have this guilt and we, have ne- we, we don't stop to think about whether the guilt, again, really belongs to us, whether it is coming from our value system or the value system that other people are telling us we should have. And I think mom guilt is a prime example of that. And what do I mean when I say mom guilt? I mean, the, the guilt that moms sort of regardless of station and setting universally feel um, or talk about feeling um, about the ways that they perceive they don't measure up. So it might be moms who have jobs outside the home feeling like they're being judged by moms who are able to be more present for their families, or it might be, you know, any number of variations on that flavor, but it's, it, it again goes, that comes down to really stopping to think about do, am I doing something when I do this behavior when I say no, that is contrary to my values. If it's not contrary to my values, then then there there is no place for guilt here. Yeah, that's really well said. I was just imagining, you know, I, I don't know if you notice that this hits certain types of people more than others. Like, does it affect, uh, you know, females in the workforce more? Does it hit moms more? Like, do you think there's like a pocket of people that really are impacted by this more than others? I think there are messages that the world sends certain pockets of people and Mm. those messages are very loud and it is easy to adopt them kind of as part of our internal fabric without even realizing that that's what we've done. And so that's what I think happens, especially with things like mom guilt, right? Like, and when I say mom guilt, let me be really clear. Like, There are times as a mother that I have failed to show up the way that I want to show up and I feel guilty about it. And to me, that's appropriate guilt because it's measured against my own values. When I use the the trigger phrase mom guilt, I'm talking about the guilt that actually doesn't belong to us, that is coming from the messaging of the past or the messaging of society or just coming from nowhere in particular except this like past patterning that just doesn't apply to how we've chosen to live our lives, right? And for me, if you're clear with yourself and with your immediate family on what your priorities are and where your values are, and you're behaving in a way that that you and your family are comfortable with, then again, what, where's the what's the point of the guilt? Because all the people in your life that matter are fine with how things are. But we ascribe all these feelings like, you know, my kid wishes I was there more. Well, have you actually had that conversation with your kid about what kind of showing up is important to them? And yes, if they're nonverbal, that's going to be more difficult. But I think, you know, being able to check in with the people in our lives about what they actually need from us instead of assuming what they need from us based on the messaging that's coming from the outside. Hmm. 
this is fascinating and, and it's it's true, but I never really thought of it the way you just framed it. And so now it's made me really curious. I'm going to apply this to the entrepreneur who mm-hmm. is most of our listeners here. Yes. And you're talking about the messages that we get from all around us all the time. Well, there's a lot of messaging about hustle harder. You can mm-hmm. sleep when you're dead. You know, you've got to drive your goals forward, right? Like there's so much mixed messaging about how to achieve success. And I think this, uh, when we apply all these concepts to business owners, Mm -hmm. there's a significant amount of FOMO and self-imposed guilt and society concepts that, that trap us in these behaviors that keep us overwhelmed and saying yes to all the wrong things. Because Correct. there's this belief that if we work harder or we're busy all the time, there's some kind of success in that. Like, how, how have you seen this um, fear of saying no or this guilt about saying no applying to the business owners of the world? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, it is an absolute, um, there, there is such strong messaging that literally more is more, right? Like, work more, you will have more, do more, you will have more, you know, just this notion of like, just, just continue to act and move and go and you'll get there. And, and that is true to some extent, but if you are not acting and moving and um, behaving in a way that's intentional, you might get somewhere, but where you're going is not necessarily going to be where you wanted to arrive, nor is it efficient, right? Just throwing energy forward and not being clear about where you're directing it, it's messy. Moreover, I mean, the notion that we as human beings don't need periods of rest is crazy. And like, like there was somebody posted recently on LinkedIn, an entrepreneur, I think he's the CEO of a smallish company. He said, don't let the weekend be the reason you do nothing. Oh my goodness. And that just irked me to know, and like, it's still obviously stuck with me. I'm here talking about it, but like the notion that anything other than continuous movement um, around your quote unquote goals is somehow bad. Like that pause is bad. That rest is bad. That brain candy from time to time is bad. I mean, I just... I want to live a life that's fun. I want to live a life that's spacious. I want to live a life that's successful and abundant, but I want to be thoughtful and intentional about how I'm building that life, not just throwing a ton of energy and effort in a direction because I believe that more will get me more. Mm. It's almost like, I don't know if you see it like this or not, and I I certainly don't want to put my uh, experience into your words, but I feel like people try the most the most uh the loudest path like meaning the yes. thing that everybody is talking about until they realize that path is not sustainable then they go looking for what we're talking about yeah <laughs> and then, then they go okay that's not sustainable what else is there and it, and i would love to see our world flip it to this is the way and everything else is the minority conversation right yes and and i mean i just it's interesting because i spent all this time really carefully um being intentional and thoughtful about architecting my career. And then three years ago, I became an entrepreneur. 
And I found myself falling into the same patterns that I had worked so hard to break. And you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what's the loudest path? Oh, okay. What's the sheer effort path? Oh, okay. And then realizing, no, the same things I applied through the course of my career, the same boundary setting, the same no saying, the same prioritization, I can apply it here and I can architect a path that works for me, for my life, for my happiness and for my business. And that's all possible if I can just shut out some of this outside noise. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I, I guess it goes back to pick your circle wisely, right? <laughs> like yeah. If you're hanging out with people that all they do is work, it's going to rub off on you. But if you want to elevate your energy, you want to hire mentors and join masterminds and be in communities and circles that support and, and share those goals. I mean, those values that we're talking about right here. And I guess that's what I'm being left with our conversation is this is a values alignment. What do you yes. really value? What do you want more of? I'm yes. with you. I'm with you, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I like it. Well, the more the merrier, right? I mean, how do we become the, the, the loud, it's not about being the loudest, but how do we become the primary conversation on this yeah. issue, right? Like we start yeah. talking about it, like you're doing here. Um, I think it's really important to show people that there are options and to show people that you can, you know, the way I look at it, it's like, what's the upside of being an entrepreneur if you have no boundaries and no space in your life? This is me giving you a high five right now. I know you can't see it, but high five. And and as you're listening in, like high five with us. If you're high fiving with us, I want to see you over in the Amplify Your Authority community. Let's give this episode a rash of excited shares. Like let's make this the viral conversation. So I want to challenge you. Let's give Becky a boost. Let's get this message out in a bigger way. Let's make this the dominant conversation. So I want to see it in your threads. Tag us. Let's make this conversation go bigger. Um, I want to cover a couple more things with you, Becky, because I yes. took us into a little bit of a rabbit hole. No, I, I liked your you... I liked your rabbit hole though. Okay, good. Like, you were you took me to our happy, happy place. So oh, good. Well, that's our whole point today, right? Yep. Um, you know, I want to cover some of the benefits of saying no. Like, let's build up the value of the no, right? Like, yes. and maybe there's some things that kind of surprised you by learning how to do that. So. I, I mean, it's a long list, right? But let's start with the one we've already talked about. When you say no, you create space. That's a big deal. Um, when you say no, you set a boundary. Also a big deal. I have found, and so in my career prior to starting a coaching business, I managed hundreds of people. And I also found when I said no, I empowered other people to do the same. And that was meaningful too, right? It has this sort of like ripple effect. Um, I think those are the, some of the, the big ones. I can't think of any that are truly surprising, except that my new practice is when people, when people say no and they tell me something doesn't align, I thank them for honoring their priorities because I think that we forget that it's hard to say no, that it's uncommon to say no. And it, I get excited when I see people doing it. Hmm. Well said. I know I, I've had people who I thought would be perfect for one of my programs and they're they were very clear and sometimes it's just fear and I recognize yes. that. And I can usually tell when something's fear and when something just doesn't feel right right now. Yes. And so I honor them, you know, and like I know some people would work towards trying to manipulate that into a yes or try and reframe them or coach them to get past 
fear and resistance, but sometimes it's just simply not the right time. That's and, right. And like, when you know that with a full body, no, that's different than I'm not sure. And I'm on the fence and I want it, but I don't know how to do it. That's different. And I think that's what you're saying is like really honoring those full body knows like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's right for you right now. And, and yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, also in baked in what you just said is something that I see said a lot, but I want to say it here, which is that no is actually a complete answer. Like we have this notion that when we say no, we need to explain ourselves further. We don't. When it is a true full-bodied no, you can just say no and leave it at that. I think I needed to hear that today. <laughs> so thank you. That yeah. was beautiful. And that's great wisdom in that moment. No is a complete answer. You are dedicating your life now, Becky, to helping people find happiness. Uh, I think we've talked about this in a lot of ways, but I just kind of want to move our, our kind of our wrapping up here to this kind of like final thought on no and happiness. How are they linked together in your work? I mean, I think I've said it, but, but it's like, you cannot have happiness doesn't isn't just about doing more of what matters to you you cannot have the recipe for maximum happiness without a like healthy doesn't even do it justice a substantial dash of no a substantial dash of doing less of the things that are not meaningful that are not impactful that are not in your wheelhouse that are not your strengths being able to release that um, is opens the door for more of what matters to come in. Hmm. Yeah. And we need more doors opening like that, especially right now in our uh, world, yes. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So I guess here's the challenge question for you as you're listening in today. What are the things you're holding on to that you could be saying no to? They would actually open the door to more happiness. Yep. And, you know, if you're holding on to it and, or you're not sure what you should be saying no to, or you're recovering FOMO seeker, people pleaser, I mean, we can go on and on, right? Yes. yes. Uh, you know, you, Becky, are making a sneak peek of your book available. Uh, why don't you share with us what the book's about and how people can find it on your website? Absolutely. So um, my book is called The Happiness Recipe, A Powerful Guide to Living What Matters. And I wrote this book to really be a toolbox for people to help them architect or define how to live happier in every single season of their life. So it's the perfect book for somebody who's in transition and needs some tools to manage that transition. But it's also the perfect book for somebody who's just looking to increase their toolbox so that they can manage future evolutions and transitions with more grace and ease. And it is beyond practical. Every, um, every chapter has an exercise. Uh, I am a coach at heart and I wanted to empower people to take the concepts in the book and apply them to their lives. And so that's what I've tried to do. Um, and in the excerpt, you'll see, uh, I give you an example, you know, one chapter and you've got the exercise and you can have the workbook pages that go with it and you can um, download it all. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. I love it. And, and for those of you that are just chomping at the bit, <laughs> uh, I will also link this to the show notes 
Uh, so you can find her book as well as she's got a companion workbook that I believe will have all your exercises that you can get. Yes. So we'll link both of those up for you on the show notes. But real quick, um, Becky, could you just share what your website is just to make it super easy handy for everyone? Absolutely. And you can so you can find everything you need about my work uh, at untanglehappiness.com. Perfect. Well, uh, as our Amplify community knows, I had a couple wrap-up questions that I love asking all my guests, and I'm super excited to hear your answers for these. Uh, first of all, what is the boldest thing you've had to do to get where you are today in your happiness? So I this is might sound like a weird answer, but I think the boldest thing that I ever did in my career that really unlocked an important part of what I thought success looked like was taking my first pay cut to make a job change that was going to be a better fit for my life and decoupling money from happiness in that way and money from success in that way has been what was transformational to my whole journey. Mm. That makes me curious if you've ever read the book, Busting Loose from the Money Game. I haven't, but I oh. will now. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah. Such a great book on uncoupling uh, success from money and money from success. So great radical shifts in mindset there. Uh, And my second question for you, is there one thing you wish you would have done sooner in your business? I mean, uh, yes. So I'm, I'm coming up on three years in my business and what I wish I had done sooner was remind myself that this business was about doing what mattered most to me and that I was not measuring success, again, by the things that we typically think of people telling us mean we're successful, number of clients, number of dollars, you know, having all the layers to your funnel or whatever it is that for me, success was really about um, doing work that feeds my soul and is abundant. And so if I had tuned into that sooner, I think I would have maybe come along further faster, but you know, Hey, I'm, I'm not one to um, Monday morning quarterback the journey because there's a reason why we go through what we go through. It is true. Um, 21 years in, I'm still recognizing that every single twist and turn was there perfectly to help me become where I'm at exactly right now. Uh, many of those twists and turns being radically uncomfortable <laughs> yes, <laughs> and some quite demoralizing in the moment. And they were all perfectly aligned to help me become the coach and the mentor and the, um, the guide that I am today. And I know that's true for all of us. If we can take a step back and look objectively at the journey, right. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure that that's part of what you've under or uncovered brings happiness is if we that's can. Right. Yeah, take a step back and look at it a little differently. Yes. Becky, thank you so much for joining us today and creating a provocative conversation around saying no and challenging us to look at what we give our yes to. This is one of my favorite conversations. It's something I think is it has to become the norm for us mm-hmm. to choose differently what we say yes to. And so I applaud you for getting this work out in the world. I appreciate it, Melanie. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com, and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 